When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. No Jumper, coolest podcast in the world. I'm here with my man, Sugar Sean. But yeah, that's definitely part of it. Dude, yeah. Well, yeah. Having a reason to lose weight is such an important thing. Mm. Whether it's obviously for a fight or just picking up chicks. Those are the two. Yeah. No, I had a penthouse cover shoot at one point, And I was like, holy fuck. Like, I have to be on the cover of penthouse with my girl in like three months. Mm. Never been more strict with my <laughs> diet of just realizing, like, I might have to actually be immortalized on a magazine cover as a fat fuck. Dude, did you get jacked? I went hard. Slim down? Definitely lost a lot of weight. You know, kept the muscle density decent. How old your baby? Eight months. Dude, me too. What, really? What, yeah. What, uh, November 14th. Oh, damn. Mine was November 3rd. That's, That's crazy. crazy. That is crazy. That little is girl? crazy. Yeah. Dude, how crazy is that? Amazing. Your first? Yeah. Dude, it's a fucking trip. Feels like a constant long mushroom trip. Like <laughs> every day they just get bigger and fucking the teeth and just fucking. How weird? many teeth you got on you? She's got two little ones popping two, up. In yeah. the bottom? Yeah. Me too. Dude. Exact same. <laughs> when they smile and they show the teeth, dude, that just does something to you yeah it's just like weird you know what's crazy is just how you know you walk into the room and you haven't seen them for a couple mm-hmm. hours and their reaction dude and it keeps getting better and better as I'm they like get older it's crazy dude. <laughs> Holy. because i was i went to uh miami um for the fight no oh, actually no, no yeah after I, went, the fight. So I fought in vegas then i went was home for a week and then i went to miami for like four days and uh, then I got home and saw her, and I just fucking lost it. It was crazy. I was like, I'm, it was just such a weird feeling. Because Danny, my, my girl, was sending me snaps of her every morning at night and shit. And he was like, I want to squeeze her. And then I saw her, and I just fucking, it was crazy. Fuck. Because you, you're like dude. not used to having something that just so readily makes you emotional as oh, fuck. Just on so a, attached. Yeah. It's like, a, it's almost scary. What's the longest you've been away from her because of, you know, camp and shit like that? Um, I, So I do camp at home in, in Arizona. Okay. I live in Peoria, Arizona, which is like in... Yeah, yeah. It's, it's far enough away from fucking Scottsdale, Phoenix. I don't fuck around down there mm. because, dude, that shit, there's too many chicks. I can't mm. fuck around. I, I can't surround myself with too many girls. I lose focus, distraction. I don't have, an, I don't have no self-discipline around that. Mm. So I live in Peoria. It's out the way. Um, So I'm when I'm in camp, I'm, I'm with the family pretty much the whole time. But when I went for fight camp, we leave Tuesday for Vegas, so Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, see her Sunday. So five, five days. It's not bad. It's not bad, it, and it's and it's. I'm there for business work. I'm in a different mindset. Fight week. I'm ready to fucking kill someone, you know. So it's. I'm okay being away from Danny and being away from the feminine energy. Yeah. I like being with the boys, being ready with you know with my. These dudes have fought before. They've competed before. It's just in a different mindset. So the fight week's not too hard being away from her. But like when I was in Miami, partying, I'm like you have that little guilty like fuck. Mm. I should be home, but 
I'm home 98% of the time, so. Right. But, yeah. What's long as you've been away? Fuck. I don't even know if it's been more than, like, a day or two yeah. at this point. Yeah. I got some, like, week-long trips planned coming up, but I haven't really had to do a long stretch. Oh, it's tough. It's it. Yeah, it's tough. It's just because they change so much fucking right now. It's just, it's yeah. such a trip. Definitely. It really makes me think about, like, how many people have jobs where they have to be away for months at a time and just how fucking difficult that must be. Especially for the mom. Like, um, Elena breastfeeds still, so she's just so attached to Danny. Mm. Like, I can't, Danny can't fucking leave for a day at all. Like, she's just, My I girl can't. went to Miami for her friend's bachelorette party, and she was gone for, like, two and a half days. And, yeah, like, it was... Did you have intense. some help? Yeah, I was oh, like good. dropping off her aunt's house and <laughs> yeah. shit. I mean, I, I don't really, to. I don't really trust myself to be that in the zone for that long. Yeah. For you dude, know, this early you on, need help. You yeah. need help, hundred percent. Especially that little dude. Yeah, it freaks you out too. They choke on their own spit. You're like, you good? You good? Fuck. Yeah, my like, kid right now will, will eat a handful of dirt. Like oh, yeah. whenever So just reach into the pot And just eat dirt Dude and seriously she, It's like I know she doesn't like it But it's, it's really weird to me She keeps doing it Because <laughs> like The foods that she doesn't like She just doesn't really Want to eat them But somehow the dirt which Still I, gets in there I know it doesn't taste good But she keeps doing it Yeah babies are They do their trip So it's fun to just watch them what, what had to happen In your life To make you feel like You were ready To be a dad Especially just given The, the nature of your career It feels like it's been Like really blowing up There's probably been A lot of times Where it didn't feel Like a sure thing Like how right. how, how secure Did you have to feel Before you were ready Dude so Elena was definitely An accident I, oh, okay. I wanted kids Eventually Like I wanted kids Since I was like 14 I was like I knew I wanted to be a dad 100% Right uh, Danny when I met her We've been together For like seven, eight years She didn't want kids and then slowly over the years, she's like, yeah, I could see us having a kid. Elena was a complete accident, dude. But the craziest thing of it all is, like, I swear to God, I don't really believe in God, like, a certain religion or whatever. But, dude, the universe had me have a baby mm. to keep me disciplined, to keep me fucking grounded. Because it's too fun to party, dude. Mm. I fucking, I don't party that often. But when I go out, I'm like, holy shit, I can see how people get lost in this world. Mm. And for me, like, I was in Miami. They're like, let's go to Cancun Monday. I'm like, dude, my flight's Sunday back home. I gotta go. I have a baby. I gotta go home. And you're around all these rich people all, all of a sudden who don't have anything holding them back to dude. the real world. There's no work on Monday. Exactly. So having a baby, I sw I, like, it was the craziest thing. Like, I don't remember busting in her. It had to have been like pre-cum because I don't... It, I didn't bust it. I've been pulling out for Respect. years. Yeah. So, dude, having a baby was a fucking accident, but it was literally something bigger. Like, she she was meant to be, to keep me disciplined, to keep me on the right path. Definitely. Because uh, partying is too fucking fun, dude. Especially if, like, I've been grinding for 10, I'm 26 right now. I started training when I was 16. And the professional fighter lifestyle, I, I lived that lifestyle even when I was an amateur. It's just go to the gym, train, you come were that, home. Cause, but you always felt like you knew this was like a sure thing like this had to happen or at the least you were going to give it your all until you got blown as close up or as just possible. like get, yeah like it. just really making it to the ufc and just really yeah. being something yeah I, I always i wanted to be a performer like dude when i was in middle school i was like i want to be in the nfl or nba i'm from helena montana it's right. fucking tiny there's i'm like okay i didn't realize that wasn't realistic until i realized fucking guys in the nfl nba are six fucking eight and like i was not that wasn't realistic after a while mm. i wanted to be a performer can't fucking rap even though all the chicks are like so you're a rapper i'm like no i, I fight and they're like what the fuck they no, no chicks know who the fuck i am ever and in miami we're out and they all thought i was a rapper i was like well fuck we'll go with it it seems like so weird as a ufc fighter because it's like everybody like a lot a very large percentage of people watch mma but then 
it takes so much to make them really remember one fighter in particular. But you've had a bunch of those moments yeah. where everybody was paying attention to you. So you get famous or more famous in these waves of yep. blowing yep. up every six months or three months or however long it Dude, is, each, right? each fight, yeah, each fight I blow up a little bit more. I knew, like when I was 16, 17, 18 years old, like I knew I was going to make it. I had this feeling that I was going to make make it whatever making it it is having money well originally got in the fighting because i wanted chicks mm. that, that's what it came down i wanted to i wanted i was insecure and i thought fighting would make me get chicks so i kind of that's a, a originally the reason i started fighting and then training what motivated me was money chicks like that was what motivated me now we're there and i'm like fuck i have that but that shit's a distraction mm. and it's fucking it's a dangerous game to play um but i do a good job of I do. I, I can party after my fights for a certain amount of weeks, a couple of weeks, whatever. I'll fight three times a year. Um, like right now, I'll probably fight in December. Mm. And then I got a couple couple things planned where I'll, I'll party for a little bit. But for the most part, I got it on lock where I'm, 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 I live such a disciplined life that I can afford to go out and do that a couple of times a, a, a year. Did you see that uh, Michael Jordan documentary, The Last Dance? Oh, You're Dennis Rodman. Dude. Like, taking, a, <laughs> taking a break from the yeah, season to go exactly. party in Vegas and shit. Fucking take a flight flight in on, on fight night no yeah that shit was crazy do, though do you kind of relate to that though like feel like you you need to release you couldn't just be a warrior just trapped in the gym every day over and over without turning up a little bit god i, I feel like i feel like i could just completely avoid partying and just it, it's after fights that i want just because those training camps are so long and so disciplined for two months eight weeks pure discipline diet sleep like dude no one does training camp like me as far as um, I sleep. I, I'm. I, I try to master my sleep. I try to master recovery. Mm. I cold plunge every night. Stretch every night. Do everything right. Not overtrain. I, I surround myself with, you know, the best strength and conditioning coach, the best jujitsu player, the best. Like my my team is so solid, and it's just such a disciplined two months that I almost I almost tell myself I need to go out and have fun. Mm. Sometimes I don't even want to, but I just like I feel like I'm pulled in. I got it. I got to do it. I got to experience it. Um, and then when I do, then it's like, oh, I don't want to go back to the discipline. Mm. So it's always just a balance of fucking knowing, knowing what I need to do and what I want. And I got to do what I need. Cause I always, uh, imagine that to be competitive in the ufc that you pretty much have to just be like a, a total warrior all the time and when i was listening to you with uh theo vaughn you were talking about Damn. how after weigh-ins you'll you'll see dudes just like going to the buffet and eating french toast before Dude, the fight fuck. and i'm like oh okay so there's a bunch of dudes who kind of are fucking there around yeah. oh yeah then those guys will never be champ for mm. the most part i mean there's there's rare people that can eat like shit and and, and not take it a hundred percent serious but for the most part, if you want to be world champ, which obviously that's that's the main goal, I want to I want to get the belt at 135, move up to 145. I want to be a legend in the sport, mm. and uh, you gotta fucking be disciplined, dude. And it's funny, I'll train two months in a row and then go out one night, and like people are like, you need to fucking start training. What are you doing partying? It's funny. I don't really let I don't really read too many comments and stuff, but that shit is funny that um, people. I, if you just look at my Instagram, it doesn't look like I fucking train that much. Mm. But I'm I mean I'm in the gym all the time getting better yeah it's kind of like uh when girls are like getting plastic surgery and they feel like they got to put that on instagram it's like you could just show us <laughs> yeah. the final product i think it's dope to show yeah. up at the fight beat the fuck out of yeah, someone yeah. and they they're not thinking that you're just this warrior 24 7 right. before that 100 percent. 
I respect that. Were you beating the shit out of people before you got into MMA? Like, wh- wh- how many fist fights were, were you getting into as a kid and stuff? Was that something you were drawn to? Not really. I was just so, I was like a pretty small kid, 15, 16 years old, super fucking insecure. Go to high school, like, just worried about getting picked on um, from an older whoever. Um, I wasn't super con- confrontational. I didn't want to be in fights because I felt like I'd get my ass whooped. Mm. Um, so, so I didn't really get in any street fights. And then uh, when I started kickboxing, I was naturally pretty good because I, I played basketball, football, soccer, baseball. So I was an athlete since I was fucking three, four years old playing any sports, t-ball, whatever the fuck it was. I just became a really good athlete doing all those different sports. So when I went and kickboxed, we didn't really have a in Helena, there's not a high-level coach. You can't get really, really good in Montana. You just mm. there's not a good enough gym. So we were sparring. Just we you throw on gloves and sparring. I was beating just pretty much everyone up. I was kind of the man at the gym eventually, um, and that's when I moved to Arizona. And then I was just the worst dude at the gym. Mm. Like I, I thought I was the fucking man, and I moved came to Arizona, and it was the bottom, like the worst dude. And it was fucking. It was like a shock. Like what the fuck? There's levels. Yeah. But I, I, for whatever reason, I just fucking, I was like, okay, I can learn what these guys are doing, why I'm losing, and I'm a better athlete, that I could eventually beat them, and then eventually we started beating a couple guys, beating a couple guys, beating a couple guys, and fucking just, I mean, now we're at the level where, that, you know, I train with such high-level people that it's always going to be competition. I'm not going to go into the gym and, and be the top dog. Right. Some days you are, some days you're not, but that's where you need to be. But were you getting frustrated during those times? Like, was there ever times where you felt like, maybe I just really am not this dude? Dude, a hundred percent, a lot. The first time I went there is when I stayed for um, seven days. I flew down, I think it was like seven, eight days, whatever it was. And it was fucking, every single practice, I would leave crying. I was mm. 18 years old, complete ego, just shattered. Because I thought I was the man. Come down every single practice, whether it was wrestling, get just sh- shit on. I've never wrestled in my life until I moved there. Um, even even kickboxing, I'm like, damn, there's guys that can can hit me. I've never really been hit. Um, so after every practice, I, it hurt. I was like, fuck, dude. I, maybe this ain't for me, but what the fuck else am I going to do? I wasn't going to go to school. I wasn't going to go to college. I knew that in like third grade. I was like, what the fuck? Right. <laughs> fuck school. Knew I wasn't going to go to there. Um, I had no other plans. And I was like, I enjoy training. And, and I, I I don't remember when I was like, damn, I could make it fighting. But uh, yeah, I knew I wasn't going to do anything else. Right. And I think Connor was kind of blowing up at this point. So I was like, damn, this motherfucker's like fun to watch he's an entertainer it more than just fighting mm. that's what i was just so i was like damn this is more than fighting the press conferences were fun i would r- listen to all of his interviews and just be entertained by his by him talking right and i just fucking thought it was so sweet that he just he, he's an entertainer outside the outside the octagon that just that that really inspired me to be like damn like i can do more than just fight mm. and, and create all these other businesses right uh, you know when i was watching uh, a bunch of your fights getting ready for this i was thinking about the first thing that i saw that made me actually get like really excited about mma and it was like a commercial for ufc and it was just brock lesnar beating the <laughs> fuck out of frank Mir. and i just like i already like kind of knew who frank Mir was for some reason and i just saw him like they're, they're like up against the fucking fence and he's just go, 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 go. like he just hits him with these tiny little punches and knocks him out and i was just and like his hands are, like that big yeah and I, I just had to fucking like go and like download every ufc fight and like actually figure out 
what the fuck like how this guy came to like be i'm like this guy's a wrestler Dude. and then th that just like set me off where I, all of a sudden i had like a year where i started doing jujitsu and mma shit and, like, and just like watching fights constantly and then at some point i just kind of got out of it anything besides watching it right but like do you have like a version of that where you first saw the ufc and thought <laughs> this is what i need to be a part of it's that's funny because the first time i saw ufc I was 13, 14 years old. My dad was watching it. And I thought it was the most... Dis I was like, what the f <laughs> How are you watching that? I remember... How like, is this legal? Dude, I remember watching people get kicked in the stomachs and thinking, like, how does that not break... Like, how does that not break your ribs? Like, how does that not fucking... Right. How do they just take that? And it was the most disgusting thing. I couldn't watch it. Um, yeah, And that was like... Oh, fuck, I'm trying to think. It was Chuck versus Tito. Mm. Um, I think it was... Uh, I remember watching Dominic Cruz and Uriah Faber, like, those are the people that I remember watching first. It's crazy, because I could fight, you know, I could, you know, Dominic Cruz is a potential matchup for me, um, whether it's my next fight or next next fight, whenever it is, it's crazy to think, because I remember watching him so long ago before I even started fighting, mm. um, and now I, I, I get to beat him up eventually. It's crazy. Right. Damn, you just reminded me even more that one time, around that time, I met this girl, and she was a fucking big UFC fan, and Uriah Faber was fighting, and she wanted to go watch him, and then after that, we went back to my house, and she told me that she had herpes, but then she gave me head anyway. Damn. So what does that mean? I mean, so I didn't get herpes, so I felt pretty good about oh, it. Good. But, you know, I mean, <laughs> just like a fun memory. <laughs> I haven't thought about memory. that girl in like 10 years. God um, damn. Damn. Dude, but, yeah, girls are a fucking distraction, mm. aren't they? How would, but how would you rate the way that, that women react to you as a fighter because like they don't fucking know it's like some some do the hardcore there's some like hardcore girl ufc fans that right. fucking like no i mean even yesterday we were at the mall or the other day we were at the mall and this this chick was married and she, she wasn't like a tr attractive at all but she was freaking out her husband came up to me and she said hey can my wife get a pic she was going like this just breathe <sighs> just like shaking like couldn't believe it but she had probably only seen me like in the cage looking like a fucking character right because that's what that's what we look like when we're in the cage the fucking 4k camera like colorful tattoos my hair you just look like a character in a fucking video game or a movie so she was tripping out but uh yeah most girls seriously don't fucking they, they have no idea i feel like once they get accustomed to it then they get it yeah like you know i'm sure like you in the club right after the ufc fight yeah. is a different yeah. experience than like you at the club at a random time right, right. far away from that 100 percent. no I, yeah like in vegas right after the fight we went out and uh everyone knew the fights just happened they knew i just beat that dude up right and, uh, they definitely knew then but yeah i mean in miami it was for the most part so you're a rapper. It was fucking funny. Right. Like, but, I wish. But every fight that you get, do you just feel like more and more, does it feel like you have more and more pressure or do you feel more and more confident that you're going to be the champion after every fight? Because it feels like this most recent one was just another huge yeah. boost in, in terms of your clout in this whole thing. Yeah, dude. It's The more fucking people watching, the more, the brighter those fucking lights, mm. the better I'm performing, dude. I fucking eat that stuff up. I fought three fights in a row, no crowd. Mm. I didn't have a problem performing uh, with no crowd because I, st I still, I, it's a mission. I got to go in there. I'm training, for, you know, I'm preparing for eight weeks and I know what I need to do. But dude, when like last fight, T-Mobile Arena, 20,000 people sold out, that, that walking out. really motivated <sighs> dude, you? Dude, it's just 
fucking it's a different it's a drug that you can't replicate dude it's such a fucking high yeah so sweet like those moments like you uh knocking the dude was eddie with the mustache yeah, yeah. you knocking him out and having there be nobody to cheer it was sad <laughs> but it's like it's such epic footage in a it way you, you really get to hear his head bounce off the fucking ground yeah and you can hear him snoring after <sighs> it, yeah it, it to is his credit he seemed totally fine like two minutes right, later I was like, i'm good nice shot i, he did. He I, said I, I was nice thinking shot. i'm like wow this guy must be really fucking used to this <laughs> dude but the thing about concussions it's fucking have you had a concussion yes dude they're the worst fucking the worst some people get them worse than others but i've had a couple concussions where i have to be in a in a room lights off completely dark can't look at your phone can't look at tv any sound hurts for days dude and you just it, it's the worst fucking feeling um like like in training or like, like talking after fights i've had it i've had it um i haven't had the my contender series fight i don't know if you're familiar with the, that the one with snoop dogg yeah, announcing and shit. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> dude that was the worst training camp i had ever in my life i got concussed like two three weeks before that fight and i was wake up in the middle of the night puking like just, just from getting hit hard and sparring two or three weeks before, before dude and i walked into the cage at 138 pounds which is so i weighed in at 136 and then i walked in at 138 which is fucking insane like my last fight i probably was 153 154 uh. walking into the cage um but i couldn't eat my head hurt it just it, it was a shitty camp and then for me to go out there and knock that guy out the way i did was i was like what the fuck like something's that's gonna be even bigger boost to confidence I, exactly like I'm, like I'm not the best version of myself and dude, i still got this done i'm like i can go perform like that feeling like that in, in my every single fight well no um, my last four fights, dude, been going into the into the into the octagon, no injuries, feeling just fucking good, and that's mm. because I switched up a lot of things. I hired a nutritionist. He he, he uh, I, I do like a stool sample, blood sample, urine sample, uh, saliva sample. He looks at all my shit and fucking tells me what I need to be eating, what causes inflammation, what's gonna help me perform the best. Um, and then my strength and conditioning, uh, his name is Dan Garner. And then my strength and conditioning coach, Brandon Harris, uh, my last like five fights, I've had just like a solid fucking team. Mm. And, uh, I go into the cage feeling like a hundred percent, which is rare, dude. A lot of, a lot of fighters don't go into the cage feeling good. I would, I'd say 99% of the people that go in the cage have, they're dealing with something, something mm. that's fucked up, whether they just ate too much after weigh-ins and they got fucking diarrhea or they fucking rolled their ankle two weeks before the fight and they haven't been able to run right. just something every single fighter in there is probably dealing with something but when you were dealing with that concussion did you think about canceling the fight like how close were you to that decision because that's got to be like the most momentous decision for a fighter yeah and th thinking back on that now i don't remember ever thinking like i should reschedule it, it was just such a huge opportunity it was like season one um of dana white's contender series i go out there and knock this guy out or just win, I have a, a, a shot to get in the UFC. It's hard to get in the UFC. Like, it's not easy. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and I, but I was so young. I don't, I don't remember ever thinking about pulling out. Um, I, I don't remember exactly what I was thinking. But I, I was confident going in there, but I was, like, gassed the fuck out. Even in that first round. Like, that fight, there was a couple of seconds left in the round. I don't know how much longer. But I was gassed the fuck out. If we would have made it into the second, third round, I don't even know if I would have been able to stand up. Just because right. I hadn't been able to train, the, the diet, the, everything was just so shit. But I don't ever remember thinking I should pull out. It was just too big of an opportunity. Mm, it's just not in you. Yeah, I mean, fuck, even now, like, if, if something really bad happened, now I've, I've, I've money, I have security, I have money, I would, I would pull out. If, if it was bad enough to where I'm like, if it was like that, mm. now I would pull out. I don't want to go fight some top, top level dude and risk 
getting fucking more brain damage. Mm. Like, that's the number one thing I've learned. Like I said, I've been training for 10 years. I've had over 30 fights, so so many fight camps. It's like, I got to take care of my brain. That's the number mm. fucking one thing, especially having a baby now. Got mm. a fucking family. I got to take care of my brain more than anything. Yeah, man, I, I, I keep showing that that Eddie knockout oh, to people. Beautiful. Like. <laughs> Like people who, who are, you know, I'm like, I'm interviewing this fucking UFC dude. He's so sick and they, they don't know what I'm talking about. So I just oh. show him that fight because it's like a 30 second clip yeah. on YouTube and it's so gnarly that it's just everybody gets the idea. That sequence, the whole sequence is so sick. Just that little tiny faint. Oh, okay. I was thinking like you couldn't have told someone you were going to do that two seconds before you did it. Right. Like you, you have this right. engraved in your brain, but like that, the opportunity where you knew that that would be a good combo to throw, like that, that really kind of comes about completely unthinkingly. Dude. And that's something I find really fascinating. Yeah. It's just literally like, I feel like I have a really good, it's a skill you can build for letting go. Like once I get in that cage, I'm fucking free, dude. And I think you can see that in my fights. I'm free. I'm flowing. There's not, mm. there's, I'm not thinking in there. I'm not, oh, should I do this? Should I do that? What, what just happened? Blah, blah. I'm not thinking at all. Mm. There's zero thoughts going through my mind. I'm literally just free flowing and fucking just whatever's happening is happening. I'm not thinking about what's happening. So yeah, two seconds before that, I didn't know I was going to throw that. Just, I mean, looking back at that fight, I rewatched it a ton. I always rewatch all my fights, but I threw that same little combo at the beginning of the fight and mm. I barely missed him like that same little the combo and uh but yeah that I, I, I it just happens mm. it's fucking nuts like when when you made your UFC debut were you on edge a bit compared to how you feel now going into fights where you have so much of a reason to feel confident going in yeah that's a good question um I remember going into my debut I, I fought a kid named Terry on where uh, I definitely wasn't as confident as I am now because I've knocked out a good amount of people since then. Mm. But even in that fight leading up to it, I had knocked out a fucking a lot of people. Like, I'd just come off that contender series fight, so I just knocked that dude out. Right. I thought for sure I was going to knock this dude out. But for, for whatever reason, dude, I, ate a, I was eating a vegan diet for, for six months before that fight. I'm like, I might as well try it. I fucking watched some stupid-ass documentary on Netflix, and I'm like, I'm a vegan. And even saying it back now, I'm like, God, that fucking sounds stupid. But I, I ate a vegan diet, and even looking at my body in that in that fight, I was just, I wasn't muscular. I wasn't, I didn't have that pop. I didn't have enough power. Um, but I was I was confident. But n right now, I'm, I'm, I'm so, yeah, fucking super confident. Right yeah, when you, what, how would you describe the negative side effects of the vegan thing? Which I am completely in the same position as you. Dude. Where I was vegan when I was like 18 for like three, four years. And this shit, my body just did not heal the same way. Yeah, I think initially people are like, oh, I feel so good because they quit eating so much shit. Mm, and yeah. then after a couple of weeks, months, whatever, you're not getting the fucking protein and stuff you need and, and, I don't know. I'm not a fucking expert in it, but I just don't think you get enough enough nutrients, and I'm sure you can supplement for it and all that. But I enjoy eating meat. I feel like it's fucking makes me feel way stronger, especially after lifting. Mm. Uh, yeah, I think I think, but I, everyone's so different. Everyone's insides are so different. People fucking digest differently. But for me, eating meat's definitely has to. I have to. Yeah. No, I'm 
exactly the same. I I f- and it's, people I, that are just I, vegan, they, they say it all the time. It just it drives me crazy. I have some friends though who like their doctors have basically told them that they have to like eat dramatically less, you know, red meat and mm. and really most meats in general, and that scares me because I honestly have a hard time imagining getting like satisfied from eating without there being some kind of meat as the centerpiece of whatever I'm eating. You know, like I eat a fucking salad. But I'm like aiming for the pieces of chicken and then I get the vegetables around them in that one bite. Like that's the meal. Yeah, dude, that would suck. I think the quality of meat too, there's just Mm. such shit. You can go to fucking McDonald's and get a nasty ass beef patty that's probably like 10% beef and fucking 90% fucking plastic. Or you can go get some 100% grass fed um, beef and, and quality shit. That'll your your body will digest way better. So the quality of meat fucking affects that a lot. You know what's one thing I really love about you as a fighter? Never celebrating. <laughs> that is so that badass, bro. Oh, are you, are you adding a now, little bit? I, I, but the walk off, the Eddie one was so clean. The the walk off. Uh, um, what was it? Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. The, the walk-off's clean when you just fucking. Oh yeah, that walk—that was the most gangster dip. thing I ever seen. I was, was like, "What the I fuck is gangster. wrong with this dude? He looks like a fucking killer." Just like, nah, too easy. Uh, no, my new thing now is just a little jump shot. Uh, mm. I did it the last, the Thomas Almeida fight, two fights ago, and then this last fight, hit a little jump shot. Sons were in the fucking chipper, lost. Uh, but just a little jump shot, fucking. But the the, the walk-offs are clean. Mm. We had no celebration. Uh, they're clean. I, I used to watch Fedor all the time. Mm. I don't know if you remember yeah, yeah. him, but no. he was like the, the greatest UFC, or MMA fighter who never fought in the UFC, possibly. Yep. And that always, to me, like when we talk about like, character building, I was like, that, the fact that he doesn't even put his fucking hands in the air just solidifies my mind with him being like a Russian sociopath, like murderer. Dude, like, that, Russians. It's crazy. The Russians fuck taking over. Yeah. Like Habib, um, Islam. Islam, the um, Makachev, I think. Right. Like these dude, the Russians are fucking gangsters. Mm. They're, they're tough. They're always a tough fight. I want to fight the, the top dude in the division right now. Uh, he's number one right now, Peter Yan. Yeah. He, he's Russian. Dude, I want to fight Peter in Russia next year, 2022. <laughs> you want to be the bad guy? I do, but I feel like I could spin it to where I, I, I feel like, the, I don't know. We, we'll see how, how it plays out, but dude. Peter and Russia would be legendary. Really? It would be fucking legendary. Going to Ru- Russia would be kind of scary. That's Even a just tough culture in there. general. I yeah. went out there like maybe 10 years ago on this BMX trip. And I mean, honestly, it was great. But like it is like a very, very like serious culture. Dude, well, their religion, right, too? Muslims. Uh, are there a lot of Muslims in Russia? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I don't, know, dude, I don't think this. they're allowed to have a fucking religion. Isn't Putin not not really okay that? Oh yeah, I don't Putin know. just owns them, huh? That yeah. shit's crazy over there. And they all hate him, but they can't say anything about it. Yeah, allegedly, they're all terrified. Like they yeah. honestly, like it, it's weird being in a place. And they warned me before I went there. Like if a girl's acting like she's really into you, 
don't believe it. Trying to get the fuck out. They're all trying to get out of there. And you can't even imagine like a whole country where everybody wants to leave. I would get suckered right in. I'd be like, no, I think it's genuine. I think she likes me. Yeah. No, I was kind of <laughs> like that too. And then I met this girl oh, and we were kicking fuck. it for weeks and then we kept talking afterwards. And then at a certain point I was like, what the fuck dude, am I doing? I want to smash some Russian biscuits. <laughs> Have you? Just that one actually. God, dude. Her accents are fucking... Mm. Russian would be my number one that I would want to smash. But the one thing I learned from her is that it's really, really pointless and stupid to be trying to date somebody who doesn't have mastery of the English language. Yeah, just underrated. You, you, like it's <laughs> that just would so be fucking tough. Dude. <laughs> like even like like say you meet a girl at the bar and she's kind of a dumbass and you're trying to talk to her. That that's tough. Yeah. They mm. like a lot of these girls have like a couple hundred words at their disposal. Like we take it for granted that like what we're doing right now is actually like very very difficult for ninety nine percent of people on earth. I don't know, probably way more than that. Speak English, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, for real, that would be tough. Chicks, not. I mean, it's hard enough to talk to a girl in English. Yeah, a lot of times. <laughs> Russian, for sure. Um, yeah. So like, I have to ask, like, when you were on your break. Injury wise, how long actually were you injured and how hard was that for you to deal with mentally? I, I, I was out, I fought March 7th, 2018, and then I fought March 3rd, 2020. Or no, I think it was March 3rd, and then I fought March 7th. So it was over two years. I had a um, Liz Frank surgery in my right foot when I fought Andre Soccer Mom at UFC 222. And it, my foot snapped with three minutes left in the fight. And the mm. kid took me down like a oh, fucking that one. idiot. Yeah, dude. yeah, that was crazy. Like, that was he, crazy. Do you think that he just I think was I, out of it enough? I, he, I dropped him in the first round. I was fucking beating his ass for, for 12 minutes of the fight. Yeah. He was probably concussed. He was probably like, okay, I'm just getting pieced up. I don't think it hit me once. Yeah, because you beat his ass so bad at one point that he couldn't even find his corner. Yeah, he's like, fucking Ugh. stumbling around. That so, was so funny. <laughs> so I think he was just concussed. And then he had the opportunity to take me down. Because in his mind, he's probably like, okay, I can't. I, I mean, even on one foot, I was fucking hopping, slapping him up. So he took me down. Um, and then the fight ended up playing out. And my, and I, the fucking doctor came in. He, like, squeezed the top of my foot where it snapped uh, like a fucking idiot. But so that surgery was, like, a pretty major surgery. It used, like, it, it could potentially be a career-ending surgery for some people. It's called Liz Frank. And uh, that fucking thing took literally two years it still fucking gives me problems or, like, it'll still hurt. Really? But, dude, that fucking surgery sucks so bad. The whole the whole process of it sucked. Like, there's still scar tissue in there that I probably didn't get rubbed out enough through um, physical therapy. That still fucks with me. Um, and then I had a right labrum surgery in my hip, which had been torn for two fights. So my UFC debut and that, that fight where I broke my foot, my labrum had already been torn, uh -huh. which is, it depends how bad the tear is. You could have a small tear like I had and still be able to perform. But, dude, I could, every time I ran, it just was the worst pain. But after that fight, it, it was torn enough to where I was like, okay, I need to get surgery. So I had, like, back-to-back -back surgeries. Right. And, uh, but after I felt like a fucking new human, I was like, holy shit, it felt but, so much better. Were you kind of, like, tormented during that time, just thinking about, like, what if? What if this doesn't fucking work? Yeah, a little bit. It was it was like fuck. I was twenty. What was I? Twenty two years? No. Yeah, twenty two years old. So I was like, I'm so fucking young right now. I knew I'm gonna I'm gonna fight till I'm thirty five, thirty six. Like that's the that's the plan. So I was like, I still have a long fucking time. Right. Um. But dude, I I literally would just listen to podcasts, like just listen to podcasts, read fucking journal, just try to keep my mind on the on the right path. Like still, what do I got to do today that's gonna help me? 
just every day I got to do something that's going to benefit me, whether it was reading, journaling, because fucking when you're laid up with a boot on, you can't do much, can't drive anywhere. Mm. Um, and also gaming. Right. Fucking Fortnite was popping up at that time. I was fucking, I could play, I could play Fortnite eight hours a day, no problem at that time. <laughs> eight, nine yeah. hours. And I was streaming on Twitch. Right. So I was like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm making a little bit of money. I, I wasn't popping on Twitch like I am right now compared to back then. Um, but I was gaming. That helped a lot. Fuck trying to just keep my mind right. But yeah, two years was a long fucking time, dude. Especially because when I was 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, I was fighting four or five times a year. Mm. Like always had something coming up. Always had that that like goal. I need to eat good for this. I need to do it. Like I always had that. And then those two years, it was a fucking trip. But now looking back, I'm like, damn, that shit flew. Yeah. Because when you talk about like starting businesses uh, adjacent to the fighting thing, like did the, the Twitch stuff and the podcasting, was that stuff that like might not have come around if it wasn't for the fact that you had a bunch of downtime? Um, I think I was, no, probably not because I was streaming before that. And then the podcast, I do it with my, with my coach, my best friend, Tim Welch. And, uh, he was, he was always the one pushing the podcast. I'm like, dude, I got other shit. I'm down to fucking sit there and talk every once a week. So he was the kind of the one that was like built the podcast, put it on Apple, put on like got the cameras, figured all that shit out. And I would just show up and talk. But now we're 160 some episodes in. We do it every week. We do it for a couple of years and it's, you know, we're making money. We got sponsors, all that shit. So, you know, that, that I think would have just happened just cause Tim wanted to make it happen. Mm. Uh, streaming is just something I've, I've fucking love gaming, dude. I fucking gaming. So fun for me playing with the boys, like hopping on, putting the headset on and just going into a virtual fucking battleground and hanging out with the boys. That shit was just so fun to me. How many viewers you get? Um, right, right now I've been popping off right after the fight. It's always way more. Mm. I've, I had a thousand for, for a couple of days. Now it's back down to like 500, 400, 500. Um, but dude, yeah, gaming, gaming on just streaming in general is so much more fun than just gaming, like without a stream, right. not cause you're just making money, but just, you do something sick. You look over the chat. They're like, wow, yeah. like it's just fuck fun. You ever, do you ever fuck around? I stream uh online poker. I oh, play all these tournaments shit, okay. and shit. And that's is fucking stressful. Uh, it it, it kind of is, but I really like the the feeling of being on stream because of the fact that it forces me to try to like really verbalize my decisions and not just like sort of like when you're playing poker, it's kind of like you can just allow yourself to be like, fuck it, let's gamble. Mm. But like when I sit in there and I know that there's people watching <laughs> that are going to tell me if I fuck up, that it's just like that much more pressure for me to play well. And yeah. I find like I, I, I kind of learn a lot more when I'm doing that. Yeah, but dude. poker is a weird thing. Poker? What do you play? Uh, Texas Hold'em on America's Card Room. Shout out to them. Used code No Jumper. <laughs> Ooh, dude, Texas Hold'em. I haven't played that in so long, but I got, I was telling my my buddies back in Arizona, I'm like we have to have a fucking poker night, dude. We oh, have yeah. to have a poker night because that shit would be so fun. Oh yeah. We got we got to make the hack. I could get happen. the site to fuck with you if you wanted to uh, do anything Online for sure. Poker, they would huh? they would fuck with you for sure. You can play in America. This is the only site you can play on in America. Really? Mm. Damn. You like play? Do you play poker not online ever? Um, sometimes, but usually like from my perspective, it's like, I don't really want to play poker unless I'm either like, like, unless I can do something else at the same time. Cause a lot of times I'll play poker for eight hours, but I'm also like Damn. listening to hella podcasts right. and just like getting so much more like ready for the interviews that I have mm. the next week versus like, if I just go to the casino and play, it's, it just feels like kind of a waste of time. So like, I like going and playing these games where they live stream it from the casino. So, Damn. cause then I feel like I'm like sort of building more of a name for myself in the poker world and shit. When you play poker online, are you playing with random people or buddies? 
Yeah, but the other day actually I played this game where we all put in twenty thousand and the other people. Oh, I heard about that. The like, other people were like Logan Paul, Mr. Beast, like all people. Yeah, who who definitely like twenty thousand means less to them than it means to me. Yeah, they're like, what? I heard Logan say like, yeah, I lost twenty thousand on the on his podcast. Like it was yeah. no big deal because they it wasn't being recorded, so they were just talking about their deals and stuff. And like, let, let me tell you, if I've ever like felt comfortable money wise hearing the fucking bags that they bring in, I was just like. Like, all right, like I, I just cannot stop yeah. grinding because these dudes, it's <laughs> fucked up how much fuck. they're getting. Yeah, no, that's that is crazy. I, what I, Ninja's probably popping the most out of all those guys. I wonder. Yeah, but Mr. Beast and Logan Paul, KSI, Jesus Christ, yeah, they're no, all killing yeah, it. Right. Crazy. Yeah, Mr. Beast, fucking Steve, Big Steve, Steve will do it. He's yeah, starting, he's going crazy yeah. too. Did you see that video of him buying all? Or there's the video that Bro, you were in. Yeah, he bought you one too, right? I've been rocking it. Gave me chain too. Steve is man. It was, that that was crazy because I, he was at the fights in Vegas. Right. And I was I like blacked out for the first time that night after my fight. And I oh. met, messaged him on Instagram, sent him two videos. I have no idea what the fuck I said, but he's like, "You're he's like you're the man. You want to come out and film, uh, hang out with Six in Miami right. that next week." And I was like, what the fuck? Hell yeah, that sounds so fun. So I, that was the first time I met him. Uh, super nice. He's 22. 20 fucking two years wow, old. He's a young kid. Yeah. Um, newly single. Newly single. Steve. <laughs> Steve will do it LLC. Dude, that, that, yeah, he, he's a fucking man. Steve's cool, cool dude. Right. No, he's, he's sick. I we can't ha- believe he gives so much shit away. That's what I was thinking. I'm like, bro, if you can buy half a million dollars worth of jewelry for your friends, like, what how much fuck? does that mean that you're bringing in that you feel comfortable doing that? I'm like, it's amazing, but I'm also just. I'm very. But he keeps saying too, like I'm more. He's like kind of worried, like what his mom is gonna say. <laughs> I know he's always saying, "Mom, sorry, fuck you." Like funny though. But and that's like, why I realized, like I'm, <laughs> I'm his mom in this situation because yeah. I'm sitting there just being like, "Oh, Steve, I don't know if this is a good idea." I know. I don't know if you should bought four Teslas this week. <laughs> you already uh, were you already like a Nuck Boys fan before you met him? And shit? I wasn't. A, I didn't really watch it too much. It's funny because I started actually watching Steve will do it videos mm. that fight camp, like okay. a couple weeks out from that all fight week. Tim and I were just chilling at the hotel. We're quarantine in vegas dude it was funny because we watched so many of those videos and then he was i don't even know if i knew he was going to be there or not i knew the nelk boys and steve they go to the fights right. i didn't know if it's gonna be at that one dana's got a huge heart on for him who dana just oh, has a huge heart on dude, for him. we facetime dana every night <laughs> he doesn't just, seem like he really likes anybody but he fucking love loves those dudes loves, and we call it steve would call him every night just drunk and he's like make sure you don't hurt him don't hurt o'malley yeah. i like four selfies from me and steve to dana just fucking Drunk as shit. Well, side note, does that feel weird that somebody like Dana White is clearly like very invested in your career? Like you becoming a big star and you not going on a losing streak is like one of the better things that could happen for the UFC. Like if they're able to build you up to Connor's level, then that's the best case scenario for them. Dude, the UFC is an entertainment business, 51% of 49% fighting business. Mm. It's an, dude, they're, they're, they're an entertainment business, dude. They know what they're doing. They know how to build stars. They built Connor, Ronda, um, Izzy. Like they, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it is good, but it's, it's, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, I'd rather be on the good side than his bad side. Because mm, so if you don't like people, he don't give a fuck. He'll tell you he doesn't like you. Fucking. But like you must, at least in the comments or whatever, you must get accused of them sort of being like favoriting you. Would you say that that's true? And does it feel like that in your actual life? I feel like um, a lot of people want me to fight someone ranked, and that, that that's the plan. Man. I, I've never like I picked uh, that last fight when someone pulled out. They sent me a, a, a list of a couple people, and I picked the hardest dude on there. Mm. But then he said he couldn't make weight. So it, it I don't know what uh, – it's hard to say. 
next fight. A lot of people want me to fight someone ranked. They wanted me to fight someone ranked last fight. I was supposed to fight Luis Smolka. Um, for me, I have a contract to fight a certain amount of fights, and I'm going to get paid a certain amount of money, whether I fight Luis Smolka, the dude I was supposed to fight, or I fight Peter Yan, the number one bantamweight in the UFC. Mm. I get paid the same. I'm going to fight this dude. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to fight this dude on a Conor McGregor pay-per-view. Because you just keep getting better, too. I just keep getting better. I'm going to keep improving. The, like, Chael, Chael Sandon always says it. Fight the worst dude on the highest, paper, on the highest part of the card. Mm. A, lot of, a lot of bantamweights and just people in the UFC, they definitely hate, and it comes from jealousy. Like, I'm getting way more eyeballs than them for whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm performing there, dude. You go and watch some, some of these guys perform. You literally pick up your phone and start surfing. Inst- you're just not. You don't give a fuck mm. what they're doing. I, I'm fighting. You're fucking. I had Biebs standing up in the fucking cage. Like I watch my fight back all the time. Uh, it was sweet to see. Uh, in at the end of my fight, like the last thirty seconds, Bieber was standing up watching. Right. I'm like, that's fucking entertainment. That's what I do. That's why I get paid what I get paid. That's why I'm on the, these in the in this position. Right. It, it ultimately comes down to my performances, but. The branding shit matters too, because like you, you, you kind of feel for some of the dudes who are like Brazilian or whatever, where it's just going to be so much harder for them to really like form a bond with the audience because they don't speak English that well or, or whatever, you know. And some fighters just aren't really as spectacular, you know. And they don't care to be. Some fighters mm. don't care. They just they literally just want to fucking fight. They just want to train, fight. They don't really give a fuck about interviews. Mm. But I mean that you're not going to get paid you're not going to make as much you're not going to be able to sell merch you're not going to be able to you know you're not going to be able to stream on twitch and have people that give a fuck about what you're doing outside the ufc or even in the ufc some like there's plenty of people in the ufc that don't no one really gives a fuck about mm. so i but for me going before i even got into the ufc i wanted to be an entertainer yeah so i fucking i'll eat it all up it's interesting when you say uh that the ufc's 51 percent of a entertainment company and 49% like an athletic organization because I've always respected that so much about Dana that there's been like so many like easy routes that he could have took towards like making huge fights happen in the mm-hmm. UFC over the years and yeah there's definitely been people that he sort of like fast I'm talking about Brock Lesnar they fast tracks yeah. into a position to get a title fight and shit but for the most part I feel like they exercise like pretty amazing discretion at treating the fights like a serious thing and not you know wanting to just put like some fucking monster against some pussy ass dude so he's just gonna get the the crazy knockout or whatever like the easy route would be it feels like they more often than not don't take that i agree no i agree i think yeah they make they make good fucking fights dana's a smart 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 motherfucker and they know Mm. exactly what they're doing they have their matchmakers uh sean shelby mick maynard like the ufc's obviously knows what the fuck they're doing mm. they're billion dollar company but then it's it's super fascinating to see the rise of like youtube boxing where it's the total opposite dynamic of let's put together some fights that are going to get a shitload of eyeballs and who gives a fuck about like who's the best or, or treating it like something that needs to have integrity they're kind of showing that like the total opposite approach is also viable yeah 100 percent. i there's less fights you can make that route though because mm. are you invested in and were you invested in the Jake Paul Ben Ashker fight? Were you? Did you watch? I watched it, but I, you know, I, I'm friends with Jake. I really thought he was going to get his ass beat. When he didn't, I was, you know, happy for him. But you know, I'm, I don't really like. I didn't feel that invested in yeah. it per se. Are you watching Jake versus Tyron? Tyrone, Tyron. I'll definitely watch that. Yeah. To be yeah. honest, I probably tuned into pretty much all of these like influencer See, fights. For me, like those fights, like Jake versus Ben, I was so much more interested and intrigued 
than 99% of the UFC fights. Mm -hmm. Like, I'd rather, unless it's a Conor fight, like a Diaz fight, unless it's a huge fight or it's one of my buddies, I don't really watch the UFC too much. Like, I'm mm -hmm. not, I don't get too excited. I mean, same with Bellator. Like, I, I like watching exciting fights that are, that are, I'm like, interested in, like, what the fuck? Mm -hmm. And, and even Logan versus Floyd. I was sitting on my fucking chair, like, sweating, like, what the fuck? This is crazy. Yeah. Uh, Jake versus Ben. Jake versus Tyron. I'm going to go to that. It's going to be fucking sweet. Mm. For whatever reason, I'm just super entertained by those. And I love how much shit Jake talks. Yeah. Because it's like, he, it, it makes that fight so much more interesting. Yeah. From your perspective as somebody who's obviously got a lot of experience with striking and stuff, how do you feel when you watch Jake Paul? Do you feel like he really is getting like to be that good? Like we, we it's kind of like our perspective of him is colored by the fact that we haven't seen him take an L. So we're all kind of like, fuck, this guy's dope. But a lot yeah. of us aren't necessarily experts. Yeah, yeah no, Jake, I'm, I'm definitely buddies with Jake. I, I wish I could watch him spar mm. against a professional boxer that I knew and could and could get a really good idea of his skill level. Going into the Ben Askren fight, I'm like, I know for a fact Ben Askren can't box. Mm. Like, you just look at him hit mitts. You look at him. He's never been a boxer. He's a wrestler. So when he knocked out Ben, I was like, okay, that just proves to me that Jake can box and Ben Askren can't fucking box. Mm. This fight, Jake versus Woodley, will prove a lot. Woodley can fucking box. Mm. He's not a high-level black belt boxer. He's a wrestler that knows how to box, and he's knocked people out in the UFC, so I think this fight will definitely prove if Jake... Jake's improving a lot. He's a young kid. He's athletic. He's taking it fucking serious, mm. and he's he's improving a lot, so I'm excited to see this fight and how it, how it goes down. Obviously, like, your career path is already, like, pretty set out in front of you. Like, you know what you're trying to do. You want to be a UFC champion, but... If you maybe were at a different point in your career, could you see yourself being interested in, in doing those kind of influencer fights where maybe the bag is 10 times oh, bigger, fuck yeah. but then it's you're not fighting like the top level competition? Yeah, you know? That's a good question. That, yeah, that, I mean, that I have a couple fights on my contract left in the UFC. I plan on staying with the UFC. They've not been nothing but good for me, but we'll see what if there's 10, 20 million dollar bags out there being offered. You know, we'll see. Mm. UFC don't pay you like that. They right. just don't. Eventually, I'll get to a point where I'm con Connor level and I can make that money. But, dude, I gotta. I have to go. I have to become champion. I have to defend the belt, probably move up. You know, I have to do, win some big fucking fights to make that kind of money. Right. But also with winning, winning the fights, like even just winning that last fight, that makes the merch go up. It makes all mm. the sponsor money go up. So I am making good money from the UFC because I, they give me that platform to be able to get all the eyeballs for everything else. Um, so I'm not too worried about it. And I, but if, if you want to make million, it's in boxing right now. Mm. That's it, in boxing. Did you see uh, Bryce Hall versus Austin McBroom? I, I, yeah, I watched that. I didn't watch it live. Fuck, what was I doing? I don't even remember what I was doing. I, I, was there another fight on that night or something? But yeah, I, I, I think that was a UFC I fight think, that night, was wasn't there? But I went back and rewatched it. Um, Austin looked pretty good. Yeah. Right. It, it's funny, dude. It's so funny how delusional, not those two in particular, just delusional males are when it comes to fighting. Mm. If they've never been, if they've never had their ass whooped before, they think that they think fighting something totally different. They have this, this completely made up story in their head that they think they can whoop someone's ass. Right. And then it com comes into it and you 20 seconds into a fight and you're fucking gassed out. 
That's the one thing that so many dudes will just allow themselves to be fucking deluded about. They'll just tell themselves lies about like, oh, if so-and-so did this, I would fuck him up. And it's like, you know, it doesn't seem like there's any attempt to sort of tether that to reality, which is fascinating. And I probably I probably do it, too. I probably sat there and told my girl, like, if that fucking dude sits on yeah. me, I'll beat his... No actual consideration yeah. of how I would do in that fight. Right, how you know? would you do it? Yeah, that's funny. I, I, I see that all the time, dude. People talking shit. Even like, it's like, how would you... If someone says, I'll... I'll a lot of people say too, like I'll just black out and beat his ass. But like, how would you beat his ass? Like, what would you do? Mm. And blacking and like, out is probably not a great, definitely not a good <laughs> idea. Like for me, if I'm fighting somebody, I would rather them be very upset, angry, emotional, wanting them to fight me. That's what Connor did so well, especially with Jose Aldo. Got him so aggressive, so mad, so angry. He makes a mistake. Fucking mm. got you. It, you know that taps your your uh, your cardio too. Cardio is king in this sport. Mm. You have to have good cardio. You can be as skilled as you want in the first round but you gas out in the second round your your skills aren't there and your cardio's i mean if your cardio's not there your skills are going to drop 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 so cardio is fucking king in this sport um and that's another thing people don't even think about like mm. random people that'll get in a street fight or something like dude you'll be gassed out heart rate 200 on your knees in, in a minute what would it take to make you get in a street fight at this point Knowing um, that it's probably a, a pretty pretty, pretty bad question. career move. Yeah, but, no, very uh, bad. Uh, you also know that you're very capable. <laughs> what would it take? Someone trying to jack my watch. Disrespect you in front of your kid. Yeah. That's got to be one. Elena, like, she's so young. I feel like someone that I would look at whoever's disrespecting me in front of my kid. Like, I would look at him as just like, you're retarded. Like, yeah. what do you do? Like, I, I, it, t- it would take a lot for me to actually physically want to do anything to someone just because I... I don't know. I just would look at that person as like so stupid. Mm. I don't know. I, I I wouldn't. I definitely wouldn't want to hurt anybody in the streets. If I did get in a street fight, I'd probably teep kick that little sternum kick I'd throw mm. right to their sternum, and it'd probably make them fold over. Yeah. Uh, but when I you definitely got that wouldn't want to hurt. Disposal, it's, it's nice. It's yeah, a nice it's a way nice, to take care of it. It's a nice from a fucking <laughs> yeah long kick. Doesn't hurt his face. I don't want to kill anybody. Mm. Um, but yeah, a street fight. I, I can't see myself getting in one. I got a friend of mine who is you know regular guy but takes a lot of pride in knocking motherfuckers out and i have seen him knock a lot of fucking people out throughout my life including like me looking out the window of my house and seeing like a 40 year old dude laid out in the street because he almost hit him on his with his car riding his bike and my homie just boom and just fucking knocks him out in the street but he was telling me a story and this is like i've never heard i've never heard a story that basically was like him getting disrespected and then just letting it go Mm -hmm. and he told me that he was like at the beach and this dude who was like clearly a gangbanger like came up to him while he was with his like four-year-old and fully tried to punk him like i I forget exactly what he said or did but he told me he's like yeah i just walked away like i'm not gonna fucking get clapped in front of my kid i'm not gonna like let this the situation just seems so obviously bad that he turned his pride off for once in his fucking life and just let it go and i was like i'm kind of proud dude, of dude yeah that's that's the bigger man right there that's the bigger person being able to walk away mm. that's a skill too fucking yeah. being able to just you know you, your ego you want to fucking if especially if you knock people out any and you know you can knock people out mm. to be able to go all right I'm, we're not gonna it's a fucking it's a good skill to have but like when you're out of like the club or the bar and like you're surrounded by other professional fighters does it feel like the the odds of anyone getting into a fight are like extremely low or kind of higher that's a good question <laughs> i don't i've never really partied with a bunch of fighters mm. um keep my circle real small for the most part uh 
every time I've been drunk, dude, I just want to fucking dance. Mm. Call it dancing. <laughs> I don't know. Wiggle mostly. Uh, just fucking stumble around drunk. Just I, I like going up to everybody. Just you having a good time? Just fucking screaming. Right. Just I'm a happy, happy fucking drunk. So I don't even think about fighting or think about if I'm in danger. I'm sure if something happened, I need to fucking bust someone up real quick. I'd be able to. Right. I've, but I've never even when I'm drunk, dude. I'm just making sure everyone's having a good fucking time. Yeah. No, that's definitely. You uh, drink much? I used to drink a lot and like do drugs and shit, but now at this, I, I haven't really been drunk in probably like three years. Damn, really? You three know? years? That's dude, fuck. Because if you, yeah, what what was the craziest drugs you done? The meth. Meth, dude. I feel like <laughs> just one time this girl, we were already drunk as fuck, and she's like, "You want to do this?" I'm I'd like, have probably done it too. I shit, thought it was Molly. Up. And then she's like, no, it's, I forget what she called it, but she's like, it'll make sex really amazing. That's all I had to hear. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, oh, no. let's go. Yeah. That fucking got me in there too. She wasn't lying either. Was it crazy? And we were up for, like my, my homie, I had to like host this BMX contest, uh-huh. like yelling over the, the megaphone or whatever, at like 10 in the morning and oh, shit. me and her like get home and start fucking. And my homie like banged on my door and I'm like, yo, I'm like, yo, like I'm going to go to sleep for a little bit and then I'll be good. He's like, bro, it's nine 30. Oh and shit. I had just been completely like in the zone fucking that whole night with no clue how much time had passed. Dude. That's when I really realized that's how dangerous ecstasy. of a drug that might have been. Yeah. That's, that's pure. Just being in the moment though. Yeah. It's crazy. how Some drugs just put you in the moment. Drugs are fucking fun, but they're dangerous. And what I've, what I've kind of like you do drugs and you have all those happy times. Mm. I feel like with those come like, the like depressive like you have those ups and then after you gotta have those downs that's mm. just how the fucking world works at least mine those ups and downs but like when I get those training highs after jujitsu after a hard workout like I have those highs but after it's more of those like it's more peaceful mm. so it's like a different high it's a similar high but without a come down uh, my favorite thing about jujitsu when i was doing it was just that that feeling of leaving the gym and literally every single part of your body is just lit the fuck mm. up did you like, do gi? yeah just pure soreness just like radiating out mm. of me and i would have to just go home and like lay down at like 7 p.m and just dude, not be able to best? do any it was the best it really I miss is that shit. just peace dude i swear to god i have a cold plunge at home this mm. dope ass I, fuck what that makes called? a big difference i do 100 percent. i think because i do it every night it, it, it's uh i do three minutes every night it, when i'm in camp I'll, the water will be 38 39 degrees when i'm out of camp i'll have it like 47 48 49 it's just a little bit more easy to get in and sit for three minutes but dude after a hard jujitsu and your hands hurt and your everything aches and you lay in that thing and get out my sleep i track my sleep every night too my sleep is w- way better dude way fucking mm, better definitely yeah i mean when i think about partying and stuff it's like it was it was great for all those years, but then I just started to hit this point where I would just get fucking hung over for like a day and a half, and that Not was when it. I was just like, dude, fuck this shit. Because yeah. I used to be out like fucking drinking like crazy, doing coke, and then we'd wake up at ten in the morning and go ride bikes for like ten fucking hours <laughs> in the van, and it just didn't really affect me. And then like you know, I'm 37 now. I mean, that just at a certain point just started to really yeah. fuck me up. I think part I think I enjoy the partying so much after a fight because I'm celebrating. Mm. It's like okay, I fucking just did what i did i won it was a hard a lot of hard work now i can let loose i can just not give a fuck for a little bit Mm. so when i go out i just fucking can i just like to go out and go hard now like we're in la this weekend i I brought my baby and and danny we're here so i'm definitely not going out Mm. but uh it's good to have the because if i have the baby around it's like obviously i'm not gonna fucking go out and party so it's nice but when i'm out in miami by myself shit's fun <laughs> yeah, I, I still haven't even like gone out and like really 
partied since I had the kid, which is something that I'm like kind of looking forward to, but also like kind of it just feels weird, like a different level of pressure, like fucking, a little bit. Uh-huh. You know, I just like because I know my kid's waking me up at like six in the morning, dude. Ship, she do. Uh-huh. Oh, isn't that the best though, the waking up? Because oh, yeah. usually. Pretty much every morning, Elena wakes up at 6, 37, so whatever time she wakes up, wakes me up. I take Elena out, take her outside, change her diaper, whatever, and Danny gets to sleep for a couple extra hours mm. because Elena will wake up in the middle of the night and want boobs, and right. Danny's sleep gets interrupted. So It's the same thing. I bring Dude. her in the garage while I'm working out in the morning and the shit. The mornings are the yeah. best, aren't they, with them? Yeah. They're just fucking fun. You got a little, uh, you lift weights in your garage? Yeah. Nice. But uh, I, I bring my kid out and put her in her little... Thing and she just sort of like wanders around, kicks just it, observes. It's yeah. crazy. They're just constantly. Their eyes are so big, just looking at shit. It's fucking. I trippy. still lie to myself every day. Like if I have to work out at eight and I'm like setting my alarm for seven thirty and just knowing that there's no way I'm sleeping until seven thirty. Oh, you wish, huh? <laughs> I know. It seems like a great idea, but it's not very realistic. I know, especially once they're up, they're up. It's not like I ah, just go back to sleep. It's like no, nah, you're fucking up. They're pulling my hair, or yeah. she's pulling my hair. Oh god, you having long hair? That must dude, be the worst. I, dude, on the plane here, I felt asleep like on Danny's lap and Elena was sleeping and like right when I was about to fall asleep she just <laughs> fucking yanks it yeah I was like ah oh, you're fucking cute but yeah like anyone else on earth if they were to like wake me up unnecessarily <laughs> in the morning I would be like what the fuck oh, are you yeah. like I, I want to kill you get the fuck away from me but then with a kid it's like they, they're waking you up but they're just radiating cuteness at you dude you can't do anything but just be like ah alright yeah, yeah four hours sleep fuck it <sighs> what time do you usually go to bed Usually I try to go to bed like midnight and then wake up. What do you do? What do you do so late? Like from like from like nine to midnight? What are you doing? I mean, usually I'm like here until like eight, so I get home like eight nine, and I try to just like really just like zone the fuck out and just watch whatever I'm watching on YouTube. Usually like poker tournaments, or a lot of times I have to get ready for interviews, so it's like I'll do six hours of interviews here, and then I go home and I'm like post up on the couch, roll a blunt, and it's like I'm immediately back into watching other interviews to get ready for my interview views which sometimes that's when it really feels like i'm burning the candle at both ends like i can't have my mind thinking about interviewing all day and then preparing for the more more interviews after that but that's actually what i'm doing and i just it's it's not that bad (laughs) i was just trying to like think like you know could be working construction then i have to (laughs) i have to then think about the money to like remind myself like this is not like a normal amount of money like i asked my mom this morning i saw her i was like how broke were we when we were kids and she confirmed that we were really, really broke. So that, like, that kind of thing, like, really grounds me to, like, not take anything for granted, dude, you know? fuck yeah. Especially being able to podcast. It's like, dude, you see people waking up 7 a.m. going to construction exactly. jobs for 8, 9, 10 hours. You drive past them on the road. And I'm just like, fuck, dude, if I ever bitch about anything, I'm the biggest pussy in the fucking world because my life is so fucking easy compared to... 99% of people I think about that all the time That like most people Are stuck working A lot For an amount of money They're not happy with And they don't like What they're doing It's like yeah I'm working a lot But I'm being rewarded well Building something And I'm actually Really passionate about it So yeah. I just like Always try to Bring myself back to reality yeah. Anytime I'm feeling like Pushed yeah. over the edge It needs you know? to be like A daily reminder too Yeah Cause you can go fucking wild Without thinking like that It's important I feel like it's important To think like that To have those fucking thoughts Be like oh shit Life's pretty good. There's a lot of other people that would literally change their life to live my life. Mm-hmm. But it's like a good reminder daily to to uh, just be grateful, huh? Yeah, because, I mean, I see rappers all the time who might, you know, like, cancel the show where they're supposed to be getting paid 50 grand and they just don't feel like it. Or they're like, you know, like, and they, they cancel <laughs> the show and it's like, 
I mean, that, that to me is like, I never want to like start thinking that 50,000 is not right. worth going hard for, yeah. even if I've got a lot of money in the bank. Like you just, to me, that's like a, a place that I just like never want to yeah. get to, you know? Yeah. Dude, perform rappers are so lucky that how they can perform, dude. Cause for me, I, like I said, I love performing. I love entertaining. I can only do it three, four times a year, max four right. times a year. Like I probably won't fight more than four. Three seems to like three was last year. I'll probably have three this year. Like three seems to be the, but dude, these guys can go perform on Rolling Loud and then go fucking perform next the next weekend somewhere else. Like mm-hmm. that's so fucking sweet. It's fun watching people perform that enjoy performing. It's yeah. fucking sweet. But it's weird too because it's like the performing is like the immediate way to get paid. But then in reality, like staying home and being in the studio and just recording all the time is like that's yeah. like a completely separate like side hustle, and you have to be managing both of those things at the same Dude. time, and it's really hard. Like, I, there, but there's been some people who have had creative solutions. Like I was thinking of Lil Wayne, who had two tour buses, one to sleep on and one to record on Damn. while he was on the road, which I was that's like, gangster. that's <laughs> that's some rich one shit to right sleep, there. One to record. That's fucking crazy. Yeah, mm. that creative process for musicians and rappers is so crazy. Mm. I would love to go on tour with someone. And just see, like, because they go, they'll fucking perform in this state, and then the next night they'll be in another state, right? Yeah. Just taking jets, fucking places. It's weird because the only times I've ever been on tour with rappers was like in a 15 passenger van, like people basically like sleeping on each other, like little pumps fucking head on my shoulders, <laughs> sleeping and shit. And like when I think about, when I see like rappers who are like really on some rich shit, taking private jets or having oh, like shit. super nice buses and shit, I'm like, that seems pretty dope. Dude, that seems fuck like it would be yeah. easy. <laughs> that seems so sweet. Yeah, I would love to go on go on a tour with people, just fucking follow them and watch what they do. Mm. I think when me and Tom first, he was living with me when we first. I think we were watching Lil Pump and your vlogs. I think that's when we Back first. In like, the day. What was that five years ago? Yeah, four or five years ago. Whatever there was, it was a while where like people would just on the street be like, "You're Lil Pump's friend." like like before i had the whole no jumper identity fully built out Uh i was a little pumps friend for a while that was cool how's he just a normal little dude yeah i don't know how tall is he five four five five he's a little guy little guy and he probably could have been a bigger guy if he didn't do all those drugs when he was a little kid because he's still fucking young right (laughs) yeah 20 something i always just wonder that like if fucking we grew to grow in a couple inches you know like sometimes i see these dudes and i'm like would they have been bigger if they weren't popping all these zans when they were little kids dude god that yeah that's fuck sad yeah. Or va- you vape? You you have a vape or no? I smoke blunts and eat edibles. Yeah. Actually, shout out to these twenty twenty future strips. We got to gift you some of these because these things yeah. before your next camp, you got to make sure you experiment with these and let us know how they go. Dude, hundred percent. I usually for for uh, weed in camp, I usually cut about fourteen days out. Oh, that's um, all you need. Yeah. Well, well, now in Vegas, I could I could smoke the day before the fight. They really? said just don't show up high. They, that's they're completely new new now. But for me, that two weeks. Just cutting it out, I feel way more clear-headed. And uh, every time I cut, every time I do like a a weed break, I always feel so fucking good. Oh, yeah. I'm like clear-headed, everything feels good. And then I take one puff, and I'm like, oh yeah, that's what I smell. <laughs> like, it's fucking, it's so yeah. hard not to. And it's like, what, is what's the what's the negative effects? Nothing really. All right. Yeah. It's like you wake up a little groggy. To. Dude, edibles, I wake up groggy yeah. like a motherfucker. Or if I smoke too close to bed, like I've gotten really, really fucking good at not smoking too close to bed and really? it's kind of hard. think that's bad? I think, well, I track my sleep and I've, I've, I've been tracking my sleep for like three years. With the, uh, the you have the or bracelet ring, thing? Or, oh, you use the ring. Okay, yeah, yeah, so it's like, I notice my sleep difference, dude. If I smoke right before bed, I just get super fucking dry. Um, my REM sleep's not as good. Mm. Um, if I smoke, if I'm going to bed at 10.30, I smoke at 7 
and that high pretty much wears off by the time I go to sleep, mm. I sleep way fucking better, dude. Just according to my ring, I feel better too, but it's hard not to fucking take a rip before bed. I just right. get blasted off laying in bed and fucking just spin. Yeah, I fall asleep like immediately. <laughs> and I don't dream, which is the weird part about weed is that for yeah. the past like 10, 12 years that I've been like a daily weed smoker, mm-hmm. I just don't really have dreams. And then, but recently like I got COVID, so that made me not sleep for, a, or not smoke for a week. And then when I started smoking again, we did like this all day live stream where we listen to people's music on stream for donations and probably smoked like four blunts and my fucking throat was so swollen and fucked up from it. I think I just like dove into it too fast. And those were like two weeks where I wasn't smoking and it just really, really like I started having weird dreams, freaky shit started happening in my brain. <laughs> Dude. Yeah. We, we did trip uh, for me. Like, cause I don't, I try to keep my lungs healthy as possible. I have a really nice vaporizer, the volcano. Do you mm. know what the volcano is? Yeah. But is that, that's a concern is that you think it might affect your cardio a bit? Yeah, I, th- I think so a little bit. I have asthma too a little bit, so I can mm-hmm. feel it. Like last night we were smoking joints, and like I woke up and I could just like I could feel it. So for the most part, I'm I mean even even a clean dab at a good temperature mm. won't fuck me up. The, the a clean dab um, and uh, the vaporizer doesn't really fuck me up. Edibles obviously don't fuck me up, but dude, smoke like a bong, mm. bong pipes, joints, blunts, f- fuck me up a little bit, but. I remember one of the Diaz brothers, uh, when you said the thing about don't show up high, that like his his drug yeah. test like said that he basically was high as fuck was for the fight. It was when he submitted Takanori Gomi, I'm pretty sure it was Nick Diaz. They said that his THC levels were so fucking high that he had to be like smoking in the locker room. Yeah. But those dudes, dude, those dudes can fucking fight though. high. Oh, those are yeah. some real gangsters 100%. right there. I wouldn't want to fight high. Like, I'm like... I just couldn't do it. Some people could. Tom, you probably fucking could. He he likes Chief Nick Nate. Obviously could. You do jujitsu high though. Oh yeah, I dude. Hear, jiu-jitsu I high always is hear that. Fun, That's a big part bro. of the culture. Oh right? my god, dude. Jujitsu fucking stoned is so much fun. It's probably one of, dude. It, it's got to be up there with like partying hard. It's like that level of fun doing jujitsu stoned. Right. It's so much fun with you, some good tunes. Oh shit. A couple years ago, I was supposed to interview those two because uh, they were like coming into my store a lot and shit, and uh, we had the interview lined up. And I actually spent like a whole weekend just I fucking got UFC fight pass, which I had to get again for this interview. <laughs> uh, but they fucking. Like, I was just re-watching all their shit. And, like, you know, I, I was actually talking to some of my friends who were in the store with them. And they said that they're just, like, in a constant state of, like... Shadow boxing? Sort of, like, getting it in with each other and shit. And there was actually, like, some gangster dude who was at the store, like, who kind of tried to, like, press the press an issue, like, with the fucking cashier. Like, kind of trying to, like, punk him. Like, acting like uh-huh. he should get clothes for free or some shit. And he told me later that, like, he could see one of the gangster dude's homies, like, basically, like, warning. Like, being like, don't. Don't, don't try to be tough right now. Like, they're professional <laughs> UFC fighters. Like advice. They will fuck you up. They're crazy. Dude, yeah. I mean, it's crazy if you don't know what people are capable of. Yeah. Like, if you look at those guys, you you might think they're they're gangsters. You might think they're badass. They'll fight. But, but they, they got the look in their face like they, will, like they they like look a little they deranged. Know, you know? They know, too. Yeah. You look into their eyes. Okay, they know some shit that I don't know. Yeah. No, they're fucking, yeah, Nick and Nate. Dude, Nick's fighting again. How crazy know, is that? That's so sick. I'm so curious because... Do you follow if you see him on Instagram like even two, three, four years ago? He just looks like he's in Vegas partying mm. all the time. Like yeah. that's what I got from it, from his like couple of the, uh, Instagram stories and shit. Um, so fucking curious how that fight plays out against Robbie Lawler because they fought. How long ago was oh, that? That's what who they, he's fighting too. Yeah. What they say that was twelve years ago, eleven years ago they fought. Wow. And now they're fighting again. Nick hasn't fought in five years. I'm so that fight's gonna be crazy. Yeah. So you are a fan. 
Dude, a little bit. That's but that's a big fight. That's what I'm saying. That's, that's a, a big, big one, fight. Yeah. That's on a Nick Diaz returns after five years. Uh, I'll definitely watch that. But like, I think there's fights this weekend that I fucking don't know who's on the card. Right. Like I don't. I definitely ain't watching to, to what's say Friday tomorrow. I um, could definitely watch every card and enjoy it, but some it just feels to me like is this the best use of my like four hours tonight mm. when I'm with my girl yeah. and I know she's not exactly dying to watch yeah. this, so I kind of like hold off. What on do you it. Guys, what do you and your girl do for for fun? Do you guys like watch? Do you guys have a a Netflix show you guys like to watch, or what do you do at night? We're always like rotating between different shows. Although right now she's in like season six of Grey's Anatomy, so I'm not watching that shit. <laughs> I haven't and seen so that either. She kinda like leaves me at some point at night and just goes and watches that in the room. Dude, fuck yeah. What have you been watching? Just or just usually preparing for uh Yeah. Who who, who who do you have next? Do you know who you have next or do you have who, people look it up or Yeah, I always have a fucking schedule that's like slowly in a state of being built up. Like but they're probably all rappers that you haven't heard of. I got these two uh, uh LA rappers, this dude Wale the Sensei and then this dude Jap 5. There's a rapper from back in the day named Lil Mouse who like disappeared for a long ass time and I got him on Monday. Do you just so. hit him up on Insta? Um, or a little bit of both They hit you up Oh actually I really have to tell them That that Monday interview Is not happening Because I have to do This poker tournament But you know uh, Damn That's sweet though You interview like guys that So they're just like Coming up maybe Potentially they a, could. a lot of them That's kind of like With No Jumper One of the main things I realized That was kind of Crazy for me early on Is like people want to know About rappers Even before they There's some up. big ass star That's because sweet. it's like they're they're just interesting personalities and characters and shit. So like for me, at least in terms of like L.A. dudes who are really from the hood, like I like to just try to interview dudes like super early because I'm just interested in getting to know them. And then like I feel like the audience appreciates like the biggest successes that I've ever had with the podcast are usually just getting somebody who ended up being a huge star, but I got them like really early Damn. at a time where they were just raw as fuck and just that is not. Because once they're like really rich and famous, then they kind of get media trained. They realize, oh, I don't really have a ton to gain from going on this podcast and just talking all this crazy shit, you know? Yeah, no, that's fucking, that's way cool. How long have you been on YouTube? 20. Well, 2012, I started doing BMX shit on uh, on on YouTube, and then 2015, 2016 was when we started No Jumper. So damn, that's like that's that's grinding though. You've been grinding because you have fucking fat subs too. Yeah. Like, you've been grinding. Almost Four million so, like and subscribe. All you fucking subscribe UFC cocksuckers. fans who have not subscribed yet. Oh, they'll watch. They'll subscribe. You know what to do, dude. That's fucking sweet though. Been grinding on YouTube. That's so cool that you can make money off like social media shit like this. It's so it still blows my fucking mind, dude. Still like because even even like. When I was in high school, it wasn't like, oh, I could make money off YouTube. Like, it just didn't seem, that wasn't even an option. It was like, what are you going to do for work? So it's crazy right now. You can make money doing all this That's shit. one of the things I love the most is, like, seeing these dudes who are, like, kind of like the new generation of YouTubers where I know that they would literally be, like, a drug dealer or robbing people yeah. or whatever. And they figured out at a certain point, like, oh, I can make a YouTube video and make a couple hundred bucks. And just sitting in my house or like, you know, same thing yeah. with a lot of Twitch streamers and stuff. Like I know so many people that this is really like their alternative to being in the streets. Dude, and that's using, pretty amazing to me. Yeah. Using their creativity, their energy towards making videos or thinking about what can I make a new video for instead of selling drugs, doing fucking robbing, doing whatever. Taking risks, you know, because a lot of dudes are doing that to they're taking those kind of risks. To basically be able to take care of their kids, but yeah. you're taking a risk that you're not going to be there for a big chunk of your kid's upbringing, you know? Yeah, 100%. No, it's, we're, we're fucking lucky to be in 2021 living this crazy-ass fucking life. It's true. 
Um, okay, so you're going back home after this, and uh, what, what does the game plan look like? For LA, yeah, tonight I'm going to hang out with uh, my buddy Dingo, because I just signed with Monster, so he, oh, he nice. lives out here. He's, uh, he's going to take us to the Monster office or some shit, and then he's going to take us to Nobu, oh, yeah. Malibu, dinner tonight. Got to hit Nobu. That's is a fire? Very important part of just LA culture in general, yeah. Okay, we're going to go That's out like there. That's like the nice restaurant that you got to like take a girl to, or, or a couple. you got to just see a bunch of celebrities there, or whatever, you know. Oh, some, okay, damn, that'll be sweet. Yeah, oh, you'll, gonna, you'll see famous people there for sure. Is that so? That's right on the beach, right? Yeah, up in Malibu. Is uh, is there like, what? How's the beach? Um, because right now, obviously, LA might be shut down again or whatever. Mm. Is there still like a ton of chicks on the beach, or is it like kind of calmed down? Because not as many people are visiting, or what's the chick situation like? If you if you survey a large percentage of the beach to Malibu, you're definitely gonna see some chicks. I don't know what beach you would would be the best beach to, to go pick to. up a chick. For I me and my know. girl. What if me and my girl want to pick up a chick? Where, where should we go in LA? Probably like some sort of bordello and just find yourself a prostitute. But you know, Okay, because I brought, I brought a babysitter tonight. So <laughs> oh, that's what she's operating at? Yeah, she's my babysitter. No, uh, yeah, so we'll, go, we'll have to go check out uh, some prostitutes. That's tight. You, <laughs> you think that that like, bonding experience of fucking a girl with your girl brings you closer together? I think so, for sure. We've Yeah, we've been together for about seven, eight years. And we've had definitely had uh, a couple, three summers. There's Dude, it's just fun. It's just like... Uh, I think it brings us closer together for sure. Yeah. There's a lot of trust right there. A lot of trust. Yeah, definitely a lot of trust. Um, just the new experience, especially for Danny, just fucking being with a girl. She enjoys it. She likes it. She fucking, it's fun for her. It's fun for me. Uh, but yeah, what's our chances picking up a chick in LA tonight? Man, I just don't know where to go. Where I know. I it's, tell you to it's go? crazy out here. I feel like it's not as popping. Clubs, I yeah. I know. It's like if I told Danny, I'm like, I'm not going to drink. We're not drinking tonight or uh, this trip. Like, I'm not. I'm going to be sober this trip, but might have to Saturday night. Got a babysitter. Might have to go find a little mamacita. <laughs> <laughs> might have to. Damn. Uh, that sucks. Like, a lot, like the porn star girls I know, I feel like if I told them, like, hey, holler at this rapper friend of mine that... Holler at this UFC fighter friend of mine. Call me a rapper, they might like it. Oh more. yeah, yeah. He's basically <laughs> a rapper. Dude, I, I I need to get on something. I wish, do someday I'm gonna be on something. I don't want to be like Tyron Woodley though, and just get made fun. Have you listened to his? Oh, he God. just gets made fun no, of I so heard bad. It, but. <laughs> it's I don't want to be that. I mean, most most athletes throughout the years have and also yeah shout out to this fly that is totally <laughs> yeah. like making us well, so you, you got the reflexes you, you, you almost you, got it you i read saw that it book in before? your hand Mastery? yeah good ass book classic yeah but what were you saying uh most rap uh athletes uh, that tried rap and suck very basically. few <laughs> athletes that people have seemed willing to take serious as rappers yeah. well there's a couple couple of those dudes in the nba that are fucking got some sweet shit who is these it these days L- okay. do you know who i'm talking about i feel like lillard i'm thinking lillard. about like Shaq. Shaq's career was huh? pretty wait whack. what did you say he got some fire shit, right? A couple. Oh, really? Okay. I'm pretty sure. Uh, he's got some sweet shit, but Shaq, uh, definitely. Um, yeah, it's probably not realistic, but you never know. Yeah, they're probably out there. If, if I can just scream some shit, like a five-second scream thing, let me see. If you want to like think about an easy way that you could fit into a rap song, like there's a Skepta song and ASAP Bari, who's not a rapper, he did the chorus on the song, and he just literally said, it ain't safe on the block, not even for the cops. And they sampled that. They made it the hook of the song. It's a very dope song. And it like gave him a chance to basically Damn. rap the hook of the song without actually really rapping. That's sweet. I always felt like that was... So there's opportunity. There's potential. So you're yeah. saying I got a chance. Or you could hop on an intro maybe. Yeah. Okay. I was about to say like kill a perfect uh, post fight. Mm. And then they'll pull, throw it on a song. Didn't they, someone do that with Connor? 
when Connor did something on one of the uh, post-fight mm. interviews, he said something fucking funny. I think someone, oh, what, someone threw it on his song. Yeah. But, Do you think Connor's done? Dude, he's, he hasn't won since for like five years. I still think he's super fucking good. Obviously, he's a very high level. Mm. But who do you give him next? Everyone in the top 10 is a dangerous fucking fight. Like, I just don't know who he would fight next. He has to win his next fight. Yeah. He can't fucking lose his next fight. When will he fight again? Honestly, probably not for another 12 months-ish. That's a pretty serious fucking surgery he had. Yeah. And then the crazy thing is like, I don't think Connor really wants to be like, you know, number five in no, the world. Like no. he doesn't want to be like in the top 10. He wants to be number one. And if he's going to just be sort of like shrinking away from number one, I just, it seems like it's not his personality to keep it going. Yeah. He's just so fucking rich right now. But even then, like going into this last fight, that was what people were saying. Like, is he too rich to fucking want it? And that seems like one of the most consistent things from watching UFC for like 10 years is that when, like Ronda, when she yeah. fucking got in a different place financially, it's like, boom, the losing streak just yeah. starts. It feels like that is just like so consistent in MMA. Unfortunately, my, yeah, it kind of is. I feel like with Ronda, I mean, as watching, I just never felt like her skills were super high level. I mm. thought she was just fighting people that sucked way worse than her. It's just such an early days of that division of yeah. women. In, in and then, MMA like, general. she fought Holly Holm and Amanda Nunez, like, girls that could compete, and she just kind of got exposed for a real skill level. Yeah. Connor's good, though. He's, like, really actually good as fuck, but every single fight he has has to be a mega fight. Mm. So he has to fight someone else that's a name, somewhat of a fucking name. So it's it's tricky for him to get fights because whoever he fights, he's making famous as fuck mm. and like he's making them rich. So he's you know, all that goes into his mind, like who who am I gonna pick to potentially beat me mm. that I care about making rich? Like Dustin Poirier is a star now because Connor fought him twice but or you, three you, times. You mentioned moving up in weight at a certain point if you were yeah. to like dominate your own division. Yeah. Like that's always I was I would always think about that with Connor though. I'm like, bro, like don't move up in weight. Just keep mm. fighting in this division. Just have yeah. this ridiculous win streak. Weight cuts as bro. the champion. Oh, weight yeah, cuts want to get past motherfucker, that, you know? dude. Like mm. cutting I'm probably I would weigh, weighed myself this morning I was one fifty seven point four or something and, and when I fight I'm weighing at one thirty six. Mm. Dude, and to get down to that literally takes fucking, I'd say six, five, six weeks of strict, like I do, I do eight weeks, but like strict, strict, strict diet mm. to get down to 140 or to 151, 150. And then from like fight week, I go from 150 to 136. So mostly water weight and shit. But dude, it fucks with you so bad. You literally are basically dying, <laughs> like fucking laying there, 137 pounds, one more pound left. I have to sit in this fucking tub. My heart feels like it's about to beat out of my chest, like just no fucking energy. So weight cut, like Connor moved up from 145 to 155. Dude, the weight cut just fucking sucks. Like eventually I'm going to move up to 145 and I'll probably put on a couple pounds and it'll still fucking suck. But mm. I, I definitely see myself going up 145 after I get the belt. But it's uh, it's a pretty crazy thing being a USC fighter because it's like I think that you have the skill set that one hundred percent of people respect. Yeah, you know, like yeah. the most gangster ass rapper dudes that I know. If they were in here and I said, "Yeah, he's he's this guy," and showed them a little bit of your highlight reel or whatever, it's like immediately they're going to be treating you like you're the fucking man, and that's got to feel pretty good because you're you're one of the best at the thing that every guy knows is at least a possibility for them when they leave the house. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> I, I heard all rappers want to be fighters and fighters want to be rappers. <laughs> yeah, but it's yeah. but it is it is cool because I walk into if someone if if a group of people know who I am, they all treat me super like I don't know how to really get a good read off people mm. because everyone treats me like 
really, really good, which is sweet. And I like, obviously would rather people treat me like that than like shit, but it's hard. It's tricky. You don't know. You can't trust people because when they meet you, it's like, you're like, God, that guy's cool as fuck. Mm. But he could turn around and go be a complete douchebag to the waiter. Right. Like, what the fuck? That's So it, <laughs> it is tricky. I mean, I'd rather have people respect me and do shit and be nice to me, but it's hard to, hard to know who's fucking cool or who's just fucking sucking my nuts. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? But I definitely, I, I relate to that. Cause I feel like at a certain point I just realized like I have no ability to judge who's a nice person <laughs> or who I like, because it's just like in the rap world, at least or whatever, it's just like a huge percentage of people just have every reason to suck my fucking yeah, dick. And dude. it's just like, I don't want to be around that energy. No. Like I don't want to be around yeah. fake people. So it kind of makes me not want to be around to not like, take people seriously even if they seem perfectly right. nice you dude know? it's a that's a real yeah real issue you keep your circle pretty small who you hang out with yeah i, don't, I ain't doing shit i'm like a weird ass hermit these days me too i feel like which is good for me be, when i'm at home and i'm smoking weed i feel like i'm anti-social i'm like i don't really want to go kick it with a bunch of people i don't really want to do a bunch of shit um that's why i like weed so much too like when i'm back home if I smoke, I'm like, I can just chill at home tonight, watch fucking Netflix. Dude, just, I can just chill and no issues. Mm. But if I'm not smoking, my natural, like, I'm like, let's go do something. Let's go fucking, let's go to the park. Let's go do something, which isn't bad. But let's go hang out with people. Let's go go out to dinner. What all that shit. But smoking, I'm just like, I'm good with chilling. And mm. I think that's important for me to keep fucking grinding, just chill, be out at my house, fucking not being distracted by chicks and just fucking chilling. Because... Yeah, like I agree that it's good for you to like, you know, be uh, like take some time to party and stuff. But also like you kind of know that like, all right, let's say you win all your fights in the next three, four years and then you take a bad L. The first thing that your brain's going to be going to is like, I'm not partying. I'm fucking like yeah. just going to grind. Yeah. Like that's going to be the first thing yeah. to go from your schedule. But right. I mean, as long as you're young and shit too, it's like, I feel like there's, there's gotta be some value in not driving yourself crazy by just being a pure monk. Dude, a hundred. Yeah. A hundred percent. Uh, the thing about taking an L too is like, I feel like I'm in a, in a spot in my mind to where if I lost, it's like, I, I could, my, it's all about perspective. It's like, dude, like we were talking about earlier, I don't have to go to fucking, construction nine mm. like on my life still so fucking good mm. that losing's not that it won't fuck with me i don't think like some people think uh, it could i don't know i've never lost but uh the um the confidence is a real thing some people lose and they don't have that confidence going into their next fight they're like fuck maybe i'm not as good as i thought i was or who knows where connor's confident is confidence is now it's like he was so confident over those mm. years because he kept knocking people out he hasn't knocked anyone out since cowboy cerrone who was on like a five fight losing streak um so who knows where his mind's at but yeah uh it's hard to say it's hard to guess where someone's mind's at but i feel like you're right though like i think you could handle a loss very well because it seems like you're I think your mind state is like your biggest asset, to 100%. be honest. Like 100%. you just are, you're so calm. I even like, that's why I was asking about like your first UFC fight. Cause I could tell that you weren't as calm then. Mm -hmm. And like in comparison to your demeanor of like your most recent fights, it's just like, oh fuck. Like this is like a totally different person with a totally different level of confidence. Yeah. When I walk in that octagon, like obviously I'm fighting Chris Montoya, who it was a short, a latent, uh, Late replacement, whatever. It didn't matter who it was. When I go into that cage, I feel like I'm the best in the world at 135 pounds. Like, my skill set going into that cage, I'm like, there's, I'm going to beat whoever the fuck's in here. Mm. 
and it's a good confidence feeling. But it, it, yeah, like I said, it comes from those training camps, those eight weeks of complete mental discipline. It's not, you know, I don't party at all, don't drink at all. It's train, sleep, recover, train, sleep. Like that's literally two months of fucking just pure discipline. But that's where you get that confidence from. Mm, for sure. Appreciate you coming through, man. Dude, yeah, I'm glad we, we were able to fucking set this up. It was super short notice. Yeah, I mean, I did like 13 interviews this week. Holy and then shit. I was like, bro, like, if you're coming to town, boom, we, we, we got to schedule it. Fuck, I appreciate <laughs> that. 13? Yeah, it's been, a, a, it's been a rough week. Damn. Dude, no, yeah, thank you so much for having me on. The studio's fucking dope. Dude, this place is... This place is badass. I trust that you're going to fucking high kick that fly to death once we stand Dude, up. Dude, I know. I'm about to fucking smack the wings <laughs> off this fucker. <laughs> For sure, man. Yeah, I appreciate dude, it. And I'm mega looking forward to your next fight. December. From here, dude. December. December's the plan. December in Vegas. I fucking own Vegas. My last eight fights have been in Vegas. I'm going to put every last dollar I have on Dude, there. yeah. It's gonna, it should be a big fight, dude. It should be a big fight. People have been wanting me to fight a, someone ranked, someone big name. And I think, I think this next fight should be it. But I don't have control. I mean, the UFC, you know, they pick who I fight. I don't pick mm. who I fight. So we'll see. But fuck yeah, you guys got to go. Let's fucking go. Sugar Sean. Check us out on YouTube. No Jumper. Patreon. <laughs> I'm fucking it up. Like, comment, subscribe. Nojumper.com if you want to support. Appreciate everybody. Doses. My guy. <laughs>